Hello, this is Grad School Grad, a podcast about public policy and international relations graduate programs. So, since for today's episode, um, per the request uh, from Grad School Cafe, forum I'm active in, I'm going to talk about um, common mistakes I've seen students in public policy and IR grad programs make. Um, and the way I'm going to do is I'm just going to talk about the 10 that I think about straight off the top of my head uh, whenever someone asks me this question. And I base it off of uh, what I saw in my experience as a graduate student uh, in public policy and, and also, you know, having lots of relationships and collaborations with people in the international relations space as well, but uh, just having had conversations with lots of family members, friends, coworkers, bosses, everything, um, who also attended an IR public policy grad program. And uh, I would say a lot of sentiments are similar, um, or actually almost nearly identical, but um, yeah, now I highlight any nuances uh, there might be uh, for some schools, if, if I think it's relevant. But here we go. Um, number one, a mistake I see is that a lot of students, regardless of age, come to a policy or IR grad program thinking this is undergrad 2.0 or an experience to relive undergrad. So what I mean by this is that um, you know people like come and say, hey, this is my time to either redo undergrad again or have the undergrad experience I wasn't able to have. So... <laughs> I've seen a fair amount of partying, um, and I don't even mean just partying among grad students. I've seen people try to go undergrad parties. Uh, I knew someone who was in their 30s, um, tried to go to undergrad events and date undergrads. I mean, so I here's the thing. Obviously, everyone should live their life um, however they want to. But at a certain point, you know, when you're in grad school, uh, there's something to be said about like being being adult and doing adult and being the right mindset to uh, you know progress a mature adult. Because here's the deal: when you're with undergrads, you're not focusing on where your life is, or your um, you know, what's going on in your life and uh, the opportunities and issues in your life. You're thinking of a life that is no longer really relevant to you anymore. So, you know, for me, I see people get really distracted a lot. Uh, sometimes they fall behind um, between school, professional, and personal matters just by whatever need or drive to uh, relive undergrad. And it's one of those things that sounds crazy and shocking, but happens more than you think. Um, now, uh, I, I will say, like, just uh, socialized undergrads, it happens, but the biggest, the bigger issue is uh, reliving undergrad like lifestyle or having that reappear frequently. So, um, and, and and it also it seems to be worse when you're a program where there's uh there are universities where essentially co-located with the undergrad student population. So they see here the undergrad parties and they think, oh, hey, I should do something similar to same. So, yeah. Um, number two, I would put that as a, a mistake as being indecisive about what career options you want to do. And usually I see this happen one of two ways. Um, 
it's someone who comes to school and they're basically interested in everything and then tries to do everything, tries to get involved in everything because of the fear of missing out. And the problem with that is that like it becomes stressful. You lose sleep because you know, it's basically there's not enough hours in the day to get involved in everything. Uh, why I always recommend people do is to like really target two or three things um, that you think you're interested in, explore. If none of those two or three things excite you, just try move on another two roster two or three. But just I've seen lists of like ten things I want to explore uh, in terms of career paths, uh, career trajectories, and grad schools. Just not realistic. Interestingly, another way I've seen this manifest is. Um, People just so nervous about even thinking about career, they just don't touch it. They they avoid the issue by not engaging the issue whatsoever. And um, and, and it's interesting. Some, sometimes very accomplished people with very strong resumes who do this, and uh, they hold off uh, until thinking about the career angle until pretty much like a month or two. Before uh, the the school the school ends, and yeah, so then they have to scramble. And usually, um, I, I this it happens where people do not get summer internships, um, and and th- that's how it happens, kind of. So um, ultimately, I think there's something said about just being smart and making a decision. And if you want change. Uh, your trajectory, you know, change it when, uh, when you when you know what's better for you. The third, uh, which will also sound shocking and also happens at top schools, is people sometimes don't take school seriously. Um, I have seen occasions where someone gets in a good school and gets hit the mentality, okay, I'm at a good school, I made it. Uh, all I have to do is really like past class and not do anything and everyone will see the brand name next you know next to my degree and I'll get a job sooner or later um so the reason this is a mistake and this is like potentially dangerous is because um it's not talked about much because no no school really wants to talk about it but there are people who wash out a public policy school or IR school um I mean Sometimes it's family issues that come along the way and that force people to leave. But uh, legitimately, there are people who academically do not make it. Um, And even those who do academically make it, uh, there are people who essentially uh, are a year or like at best case, you know, months behind most of their peers when it comes to the career angle because they just never took it seriously. But I think the worst thing of it all is that the people that never take it seriously, um, now they get the same degree at, as someone else in graduate program. Their learning, their actual learning just isn't that deep because they never really took it seriously. Um, and I'm, it, I'm not saying uh, it's that common for this mistake to happen, but it's common enough for people to notice. And everyone, I would say most people in the program could think about uh, a few, at least one or two people who fit this mold. And it's kind of sad to witness, to be honest. All right. Um, number four. Um, 
obsessing about getting into student groups, um, especially in leadership positions. Now, every grad school is kind of different. Uh, in terms of student groups or student opportunities, some places you just put your name on a roster and you're in, um, and the only challenge is getting a leadership position. Um, in other places, um, just getting in means applying for a student group and then hoping uh, the second-year student, sometimes a staff member, sometimes a faculty member, selects you. And I've seen just so much stress about uh, getting into whatever student position or leadership position and at the end of the day, uh, I mean, if there's something that really interests someone in terms of school, school-based opportunity, the student-based opportunity, I think that's great. Go for it. But if you don't get it, life goes on. Honestly, um, no student leadership position really helps you that much in the job market. I would say being a student government president in undergrad matters way more than being a student government president in grad school. Uh, I mean, it's not really exactly something you could talk more than a few sentences about in an interview or anything. Uh, and oh, it's, it's better, in my opinion, to have a live project experience or a cool thesis or a capstone project uh, or having a good intern experience, uh, either remotely or inner city or whatever. But... Um, yeah, I just remember so many people like being upset, crying, or when they didn't get <laughs> the student position that they wanted. And and then on the flip side, there's people who spend too much time focusing on student positions that they miss out on the opportunities that really matter. So, um, yeah, that that's just something um, I think a lot of people get themselves wrapped up around too much. Um, number five which is being afraid to have a discussion of ideas. And then on the, on the like, related to that, but on the flip side, just joining uh, common communities uh, about groupthink. So I just want to illustrate this. What was super interesting to me about uh, policy school, I think this applies to policy school, a little bit of IR, but much less so, uh, is that, a lot of people just didn't want to have conversations to discuss uh, ideas. So, you know, I thought it was really interesting that the the few, actually, it's more like one or two conservatives or known conservatives, um, a lot of times sat in the commons room um, so alone, eating lunch alone, and no one wanted to talk to that person. And more sadly is that no one didn't want to like engage that person on like what do you believe and why do you believe it, and but even even like internally within like friend groups, um, there wasn't that much talk or a lot of times um, you know I've seen a lot of friend groups where they just do not talk about policy ideas or political ideas um, unless it's a group think exercise where we talk about how much they agree on things. Um, and I think it's just a lost opportunity because you're in a higher education setting and which you're essentially trained or taught or whatever to think about policy ideas critically. But a lot of times once you leave the class or stop doing the homework, um, it I see there's some groups, some people who just uh, avoid having those discussions to explore further unless it's just like a echo chamber type thing and 
again, this isn't limited to uh, any one ideological group. This is I've seen this frequently across all spectrums uh, of beliefs uh, and policy schools. And now, again, I this is one of those things where there's a fair amount of variation among policy schools. I will say that the people I know who went to Harvard Kennedy School had a much healthier um, environment in which they shared ideas uh, and uh, talk, talked about, got into details of like exactly what policy do people believe in? Because if you really think about it, a lot of policy is uh, defies labeling as being conservative or liberal. And I think they did a pretty good job uh, in terms of fostering the environment to like engage that discussion. Um, yeah, I would say um, yeah, another a school that I've heard issues with having uh, a, a issues with having a diverse or just even having a diverse array of conversation is uh, Duke's Terry Sanford. Um, over and over again, a lot of students have told me that. Um, it really is a huge echo chamber and they don't hear new points of views um, beyond like the, the people that are chatty and leave certain things. Uh, I would say my public policy school experience personally was um, it, people just didn't talk about uh, differences in policy period. They were just afraid of offending someone or uh just getting in a conversation that involved disagreement. So, um, yes, uh, I think that's a missed opportunity um, and just a mistake to watch out for. And if your community isn't helpful with, or your grad school community is helpful with discussing ideas, I mean, um, you, you're usually in a university and there's other opportunities to do so and just look for that. At least, you know, hear new ideas. Um, and then number six, um, a little bit related, but not exactly, is don't try uh, to be like, a lo- there's a, it's about the mistake I see is that people are afraid to uh, meet others, uh, especially if they're from unfamiliar communities. So I think you know, what I'm getting at is a lot of times I think of, I see policy schools, IR schools, kind of like uh, the stereotypical high school lunchroom cafeteria. Like the former teachers will hang out with each other. Um, a lot of times the international students will hang out with each other, depending on where they came from uh, in terms of country. Um, I'll be honest, there's a fair amount of socialization based off of social ethnic, the socioeconomic and ethnic background. And um, which is interesting because, you know, a lot of policy schools and higher schools have this big emphasis on community and togetherness. But, uh, and again, it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's every policy school. It's, uh, policy schools, uh, this is more of an issue for students in policy schools who have what I talked about in another episode, a free for all system versus a cohort system. Um, so when students go to schools that manage their students under a cohort system, you tend to build those close bonds that cross uh, lines of difference in terms of identity um, based off of having close relationships with your cohort. But in the free-for-all system, it's just much easier to go with what you're comfortable with and just socialize uh, with people that uh, you you identify with. And you know what's interesting is that, you know, think about my policy school. There's so many people that, like, 
in a joking, humorous way, just say, "Oh yeah, we're the so-and-so group," and you know, usually it's tied to uh, nationality, uh, ethnicity, or social economic, or some, you know, sometimes a policy area or uh, ideological area. But um, you know, for me, it's a little bit sad because I think of uh, policy and high school is an opportunity to meet new people and become friends with them. And don't get me wrong, that happens a lot. Uh, but it, there are lot, there's some people who um, just don't take advantage of it. And it, from, and I'm not, I want to emphasize, I'm not talking about American students um, exclusively. A lot, some, a lot of the international students I've seen um, do refuse or, or they struggle to get outside their international student comfort zones a lot as well. This is an issue I've seen uh, that afflicts students of every single identity group that uh, you can imagine. All right. Um, also connected to uh, what I just said, number seven, it, it's kind of, it deals with networking. And what I see a lot of times, uh, or seen a lot, is that students um, make the mistake of being inclined to network with people they identify with. And I just want to highlight this uh, from a personal uh, story. And that is, you know, I, back in, um, back when I was in public policy, I was in education. I'm a male, I'm a person of color. And the reality is that uh, education policy is not something in which there are many, uh, in which there's often, at least in the millennial generation, it's a female dominated. And uh, people from my ethnicity are not that much, not really common in the U.S. education policy space. So when it comes to when I uh, when I network uh, or as either a person uh, who is the subject matter expert or, you know, a person, a person who, uh, uh, is, is there to greet, uh, new students or whatever. Um, a, a lot of times, um, people interested in education did, didn't come to me. Um, actually, usually, uh, no one came to me and it was very obvious is because I was not of their um, ethnicity or, and or gender. Even people who had the same uh, policy or interests as me or the same background interests as me, um, they didn't come to me until after uh, my classmate pointed to the new students like, hey, uh, this guy over there who doesn't have anybody around him asking him questions um, is the person who shares a similar background, subject matter expertise as you. And then they would come to me. But it would be very apparent that people gravitated from a networking perspective. Um, and in all my case, and in many cases I saw which networking happens, to uh, at least starting off to people that they identify with. And don't get me wrong, I understand there's a lot to be said about uh, having shared experiences and the comfort of shared experiences. But I think there's a lot of missed opportunity if uh, when people just solely focus on uh, identifying with those they relate with and they don't talk to people that are a little bit different uh, for networking purposes. And 
you know, there have been lots of times, look, like looking retroactively, um, in which people said, hey, sorry, I didn't come to you earlier, but then I wish I did, knowing I realized that, you know, you, you know XYZ or whatever. But then thinking back to when we were in the same room together, you know, they, the person didn't gravitate towards me, they gravitate towards those of the an identity they related to. Again, um, I just think that's unfortunate part of grad school. This is not issue that like, I, it's not a universal issue. It's, I, but it's an issue that's uh, a mistake that I've seen commonly made. Um, n- number eight is um, a lot of times I think it's really interesting that students make the mistake of attaching themselves to one professor. So I want to clarify, this is different than being like really good friends with a professor or working close to one professor. I, I mean, establish your identity based off of your close relationship uh, with one professor, um, usually star professor, but not always. And um, just tying your academic, uh, your academic um, prestige and or career opportunities to one professor. Now, sometimes it's tempting because, um, so for example, uh, the way I see this manifest, like there might be a professor who has an in with like a think tank or a major organization that a student might want to work for. So the student basically does everything to uh, support that professor by being a research assistant, uh, teaching assistant, whatever, under the hopes that um, the loyalty essentially will be paid off. Uh, MMM and some level of social prestige, possibly in like uh, mentoring experiences and career opportunities. Uh, sometimes this works well, but I think, in my opinion, this is a mistake because I think, number one, it's unhealthy to just <laughs> gravitate so much towards one person, no matter who that one person is, and uh, not having any backup plan. But uh, second is that, you know, uh, people disappoint. They could change schools. Uh, they might not like your contributions. I've seen plain people who gravitate towards one professor, ends up getting bad advice from a professor, or doesn't get um, the in or the eventual career success pathway they wanted. And then once it's all said and done, they realize they didn't make an effort to uh, take advantage of their opportunities. And they were essentially stuck with uh, one professor and had their hopes and dreams pinned on one professor. And uh, yeah, so I recommend people don't make this mistake. It, it's something that uh, when it happens, it's, it happens, it's glaringly obvious. I'm not gonna say it happens a lot, but it does happen. Um, and again, I think there's nothing wrong having a good relationship with one professor, but please, like having a level of attachment, I think is unhealthy. Uh, number nine is um, something I have noticed as I talk to a graduate school alumni from uh, programs um, and, and in terms of their regrets. And, and that is that uh, they make the mistake, uh, thinking back to their student experience, they make the mistake as students that they wish they talked to people more about their problems and um, because it probably would have made them feel better and other people are having the same problems as well. So what I'm alluding to is that 
uh, graduate school is stressful for people of all ages, whether it's straight from undergrad or a person in their 30s or 20s, whatever. There's points of stress. And I know a fair amount of people, or, or maybe not fair, I know some people who told me that they were depressed in graduate school and they felt lonely in graduate school or they started going to therapy in graduate school. Again, I'm all for mental health support. I'm all for doing what you need to do for mental health. But that being said, um, it, it, if the sentiment has been expressed to me is that they wish that they didn't bottle up everything and talk to people because as the, knowing what we know now, um, there are other people that also have felt the same stress and would just been uh, a very good uh, nourishing experience if they just spoke up and was open, more open and honest about um, their concerns and stresses rather than keeping a bottle inside because they were afraid of what other people might think. I think there's a lot to be said that uh, opening yourself up, you really get to know uh, who your friends are, who are people that care. So, um, number 10, uh, the mis- you know, a mistake, and I think this is like a little philosophical, but I just want to put it out there. One mistake I see people make is that um, they forget who they are. And I mean this in many ways. Um, usually, it, I mean in terms of uh, their values and who they express as their best self and what they believe in. Um, and and the, the way I mean that is that I see so many people or have seen some people go to grad school and they some people keep their values, but some people just throw it away. They realize, hey, you go to public policy or IR, what you cared about isn't what's cool anymore, isn't um, what's, what's easy anymore, or it's not as easy as thought it'd be. So you stop caring about it to try to care for something else, um, that, uh, it's fine, more socially acceptable or, or maybe not well, in terms of social acceptableness, but in terms of more, uh, socially popular or for more of a fad at the time. And again, I'm all about people changing their policy interests, their academic interests. But it's one thing to be interested in something because it discovers your passion. It's another thing to do it because you you think you have to, or you're pressured to by the social powers that be. Um, and 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 then you know, I just now that to me has a certain, in my opinion, a certain level of. Uh, unhealthiness, but also in terms of forgetting who you are, I see people forget their values in the sense of uh, just changing from being nice, genuine, caring people to uh, adopting uh, an aggressive stance that's not friendly, that's not caring, that's not, in my opinion, being the best person because they feel like they need to. Um, I, I, I have seen this manif- manifest where people uh, feel like they need to take on, essentially take on an alter ego that may not be <laughs> a nice, friendly, good-natured human being because they feel like they need to to be competitive. Um, so, yeah, that that happens. Um, and ultimately, you know, the pe- I, I find that the people who are happiest in uh, IRR, public policy graduate school, 
are people who obviously they handle stress, uh, they manage stress, they engage situations where they're challenged in what they believe in and uh, challenge in how to manage their professional trajectory. But they always remember who they are in terms of their values, uh, what they care for, and knowing what makes them happy. Um, because the moment you try to be someone else is the moment when um, you end up not being happy. And I think that's the biggest mistake uh, I've seen in grad programs sometimes. So, all right. Um, I hope that's helpful. So you, now you know what to watch out for so you don't make the same mistakes if you're interested in grad school and public policy or IR or you are in a grad program. But all right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.